Hello, my name is Ruth Dale and you're listening to the Behaviour Change Marketing Bootcamp Podcast. This is episode 20 and we're talking systems thinking. It's the second part in our series, The Busy Communicator's Guide To. So let's dive in and find out why it matters to you. You're listening to the Behaviour Change Marketing Bootcamp Podcast for people passionate about making a positive change. We believe understanding your audience is the key to maximum impact, and behavioral science takes this to a whole new level. Join your host, Ruth Dale, and expert guests to explore biases, beliefs, why we do what we do, and why we don't do what we said we would do. The Behavior Change Marketing Bootcamp was born out of the so what next question, or to get more specific, the that's great, but how do I use it in my marketing and communications in a really busy workplace question. Your host and founder of Bootcamp, Ruth Dale, has been asked that question hundreds of times and continues to ask it every day. How can the latest science help us to reduce stress? increase impact and achieve change. With over a decade's experience delivering behavior change marketing across the NHS, local and central government, she has dedicated her career to bridging health inequalities, improving lives and communities. Her mantra is always, the answers are in the insight and believes that marketing and communications has a powerful responsibility to inspire, motivate, enthuse and lead change. Today's Busy Communicator's Guide is exploring systems thinking. And because you lot, well, you're so busy, we're going to do it in five key points and finish up with the why you should care. So point one, systems thinking is a fundamental term coined by Nobel laureate Daniel Kahneman. Kahneman, through his research, established there are dual processes within the brain that function together. It was brought into the consumer, non-science and economic world via his groundbreaking book called Thinking Fast and Slow, which quickly entered the New York Times bestsellers list. Quite a feat then for a book on economics. He calls the dual processes System 1 and System 2, hence the phrase systems thinking. Point 2. System 1 is fast, automatic, dominant, emotional, and I think most importantly, unconscious. So, Kahneman explains things like being able to complete the phrase war and dot dot dot, showing disgust when you see a gruesome image, solving quick maths like two plus two, driving car on empty road. Kahneman says all these things are examples of system one. And if you think about this in terms of our own lives and our responses over the last few years to COVID, you may have adopted a few more habits, which started off perhaps quite difficult, but now sit as regular activities that you do without thinking, such as wearing a mask, washing your hands all the time, using the gel. So your system one basically makes tens of thousands of decisions every day. And these decisions are subject to what we call biases or heuristics. And again, these are also designed to keep us safe, but they can also lead us to maybe jump to conclusions. Hence some the field of optical illusions and magicians. And we have a lot of fun with this in Behaviour Change Marketing Bootcamp training. And we go deep into the core biases used to influence behaviour. And we'll have a look at some of the more popular ones in this series. But for today, let's just focus on system one. Because an easy way to remember it really is think of system one being like Homer Simpson. 
Professor Dan Ariely of Duke University coined this analogy relating System 1 to Homer Simpson. And he famously said, if we can learn to embrace the Homer Simpson within us, with all our flaws and inabilities, and take these into account when we design our schools, health plans, stock markets, and everything else in our environment, I am certain that we can create a much better world. This is the real promise of behavioural economics. System two is slow, effortful, infrequent, logical, calculating and conscious. Examples of things system two can do every day, parking in a tight spot, focusing attention, mass calculations. And again, take a moment to reflect about our behaviours and decisions during COVID and those habits that may have started out in system two. As difficult and challenging, but now sit in system one, like mask wearing, is a nice way of thinking how the brain sort of can move between the two systems. But also that feeling of, oh, to remember this after kickstart and focus my system two area of my brain. And there's loads going on. And you may have be familiar with the term cognitive fatigue, when basically our system two brain, which is actually quite lazy and quite happy for system one to dominate, And our poor old system two brain was having to process so much information and understand really, really, really complex and really important life changing information for over a prolonged period of time, such as understanding COVID rates, what they meant, how they impacted on our daily lives, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, where you can go, where you can't go, when you should test, when you shouldn't test. All of this really important information required the use of system two hence the term that was banded around kind of from the middle-ish, definitely by the end of 2020, cognitive fatigue. It's a bit like driving your car around in fifth gear when actually you're quite happy in second or third. And again, Dan Ariely has a lovely analogy to help us understand this. And he really refers to System 2 as Spock. So if you think about Star Trek and wonderful science officer Spock, such a loyal, wonderful friend to James T. Kirk. But essentially, Spock is very rational. But Spock doesn't tend to dominate our decision making. And Professor Dan Ariely points out that actually, as humans, we are quite happy nearer the Homer end than we are the Spock end. Point four. It's really important to understand that these processes work together and we should value both systems. In the training, we find that just because System 1 is referred to as Homer, it's seen as quite a negative thing because obviously Homer Simpson, well, he doesn't make the best decisions, let's face it. But it's not, don't think of it like that. We cannot exist without System 1. There is no way that we could consciously process every decision that System 1 processes for us. So think of these as dual processes working together. Okay, and finally, point five. And it's not even at 10 minutes, say. So just wanted to flag the heuristics that we've mentioned that sit in system one, these shortcuts to decision making that sit in system one. So our systems thinking has evolved to keep us safe. And within that, Therefore, the heuristics also have evolved to keep us safe. What's really important is 
to understand that these heuristics pick up on the cues, the triggers and the fears within our environments and they assign actions to us. Hence why behavioral science is the bringing together of many, many social sciences, as well as the more data-driven, neurological style, neuroscience style sciences. Behavioral science pulls together sociology, anthropology, because it understands that the environment maketh the man. So why should we care in marketing and comms? Well, concepts such as anchoring, social norms, and scarcity, these have all been used for decades in advertising. Anyone remember the famous next sale where everyone would sleep out from the early hours just to get in? Or anyone fallen prey to the limited edition Pokemon cards that are available for everyone? Understanding these influences means that we can understand how to apply them within our marketing activities in-house. So yes, the big agencies have been using these for decades. The big charities, the fundraisers, will often tap into our emotions to get us to donate. And also sensory smells, you know, very common on the high street. But we can also use them in-house for free. Understanding behavioral science isn't just for the big agencies. You can use it to work with policymakers to set better policies. You can use it to design your marketing strategies. You can use it to write your communications copy. You can use it to develop market research briefs. You can use it to frame your evaluation. You can use the techniques and the tactics to really, really understand the best way to communicate a change that will drive the behavior that you need. So the difference from a behavioral science perspective is that we're asking people to start from a place where we understand people are not rational. To understand that we start from a place where people are much more like Homer than we are like Spock. And when you start there, a world of opportunity and creativity will open up for your comms and marketing. It demands you bring in the role of storytelling. It demands that you recognize and understand exactly where your audience is. And when you do that, you cannot help but increase your impact. So to finish, this is the most wonderful quote again from Professor Dan Ariely. He is the best at quotes and his books are amazing. Taken from Predictably Irrational, The Hidden Forces That Shape Our Decisions. Just have a think about this quote because really it does say it all and the reason we should all care about systems thinking. Wouldn't economics make a lot more sense if it were based on how people actually behave instead of how they should behave. Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this episode? If so, show us some love and leave a review on iTunes. We'll leave you with Ruth's favorite quote from Alice in Wonderland. I knew who I was this morning, but I've changed a few times since then. Got a favorite quote about the magic of change? Tell us over at the Behavior Change Marketing Bootcamp Group on LinkedIn. Join us for a Mad Hatter's Tea Party, virtually. 